the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In my mind, I would consider it the sweetest parable that Jesus ever spoke. We'll take a look at the prodigal of the son next on Truth For Today. Join us. There are a lot of amazing parables throughout Scripture, and each and every one that Jesus gives us are even more amazing still. Yet, one stands out above the rest, and that is the prodigal son. Today, we want to focus on the prodigal sons, plural, because there are two of them, one just more blatant than the other, but even more so, we'll focus on the love of the Father. It's an amazing look at our tender, loving God. Please join us. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. It goes on, and I probably will be looking at the second half of this next week. The father had two prodigal sons. One was a rebel. The other was a self-righteous man. But both were lost to the father's heart. You see, you can hang around the father's real estate and never have the father's heart. And so the parable is really not as much about the boys as it is about the father the unique, wonderful thing about the Father. There's three things I want us to consider uh, in this wonderful, wonderful uh, 
third part story in Luke 15. Let's look, number one, we must look, what was the reason for the story? Was it teaching on dysfunctional family? Is this a family life parable? Is that why he told it? Uh, Families are messed up. Obviously, this family was in great crises. The boy can't stand his dad uh, that leaves. Uh, The son that stays is only staying because of real estate and a works ethic. Uh, Neither one of them really care much for the dad. What's it all about? What's the reason for it? And then let's just consider the outrage of the uh, younger son's rebellion, what it really looked like in the Middle East. And then, as, and I'm going to move as quickly as I can without uh, destroying the story because we're going to take communion and Gabe is going to sing a great song for us. Uh, the second part we want to look at is the father's response to such a rebellious son. Uh, why? When you look at a parable, be careful you don't make it say anything you want it to say. Jesus made up these stories, and he had a theological reason. He was the master theologian. He's not just spinning off stories, but he has a mixed audience he's telling it to. And he tells them about a shepherd that finds a lost sheep, one sheep out of a hundred. He tells about a woman that finds a coin, one coin out of ten. And then it comes down to uh, two sons. And one son lost to the far country, and the other son lost to the party. And what is he doing? The reason he tells this story is his audience. In Israel at this time, you have the elite, and then you have the Amharits, the scuttlebuttle. The, uh, the trash of the land, a, a very derogatory term, and it's used of these people, the sinners and the tax collectors. And Jesus, all the way through his ministry, was accused by association that he had such an outreach to sinners that they said, how can a man claiming to the, be a rabbi of Israel, being a teacher of Israel, how can you find anything in common with people as dirty as tax collectors and sinners? It's very suspicious because we Pharisee are the Hasidim. We are separate from everything. We've got rules on top of Moses. We've got Mishnah. We've added all kinds. The Torah has 613 commandments, and Mishnah has added thousands of more. We are the pure people, and you claim to be a rabbi sent from God? He said to them in chapter 5, I did not come to call the whole, but the sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to come to myself. Chapter 7, he rebukes Simon. Because the woman is bathing his feet with her tears. Obviously a fallen woman who had a reputation in town. And here the self-righteous Simon never does anything to meet Christ's needs. He's too busy being critical of a woman's devotion. Her profile did not fit that of a worshiper. And why didn't you discern the fallenness of this woman? You go to chapter 14, Christ tells the parable of the banquet. And those who were invited will not come. 
And so finally he says, I want you to go on the highways and the byways and get anybody. Get the Amaha Aritz. Get the, the, the country bumpkins. Get the outrageous sinners of the neighborhood. I will not have a banquet without the room being filled. I will fill it with sinners that I track down. So he starts out. He tells about a shepherd and a sheep. And what's the, what's the purpose of the story? Let's just pick up what he says in verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. He said, I just want you to know, me Pharisees reaching out to these sinners, in heaven they're throwing parties. In heaven, it causes joy, and you guys are critical. And you're the religious spokesman for the day. Then he goes to the woman and the coin. In verse 10, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So he's obviously showing, I came to reach bad people in your eyes. I came even to reach religious people who don't see their need of God. They think they're righteous already. But I'm wanting you to know this is part of my mission. And heaven rejoices about it, but you're upset. You think something's wrong. There's something wrong with my ministry. Then he begins to weave a story. And this story Uh, Because you're not Middle Eastern, you don't even get it. This story is repugnant, outrageous. It is off the map, breaking every protocol of how a son and a boy would get along. Remember the law of Moses endorsed you stoning a child that talks back to you. This was pre-Spock. Under the law of Moses, let a child be eaten by the birds of the heaven who curses its mother or father. I'm glad it's not enacted. I'm not trying to get you back under. But I just want you to know what God thought in the Middle East of a kid that wanted to rebel against a parent. They didn't need juvenile hall. They didn't live that long. Israel never had prisons. No prisons in the law. You either killed them or you paid compensation, or you were ostracized from the camp. We're not going to house and clothe you and feed you for the rest of your life. You're out of here. So to insult one's father could invoke a death penalty. It was scary, scary business. What does this boy do? Well, in the story that Jesus tells, he says, he, a man had a son that one day he says, Father, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. This is an outrageous request. Several things in the request. In the Middle East, to ask for your inheritance while your father is still living is a death wish. I wish you would die so I can get the money. And he says that while the dad is alive and in good health. The dad was to dispense of the family goods at the end of his life. But this young boy says, I want it now. Drop dead. I don't love you anyway. 
Give me the keys to the car and give me my part of the inheritance. And what you do, I could care less. Matter of fact, if you died, you'd be better off for me than being alive. This is how outrageous it was. And it was not only a family slap, but because I lived in villages of about 100 to 150 people. And the uh, city streets were no more than eight feet wide. It was difficult for camels to get down and navigate through these streets. What happened here at the Joneses, everybody in the village would know within a day. Because it was this tight-knit community that everything traveled fast. And so what the boy had requested went through the village. It's family outrage, family disgrace. You must corral this boy. You must correct him or he will infect our sons and our daughters. Drop dead. I want the inheritance. Wait a minute. You don't understand the Middle East. When you ask for property, this is not an easy thing to liquidate. The land was to stay in perpetual. You remember when Ahab went at Naboth's vineyard? And Naboth says, I can't sell you my family inheritance. And so Jezebel gives him a way to kill off Naboth so they can pick up his real estate. You see, they belonged to the land. They, uh, the land wasn't just theirs, but they belonged to the land. And this is the Jewish era problem today, fighting over the land. Whose is it? This has been in our family tree for a thousand years. Without the land, we're nothing. So for the, the son can't see his dad just go down to the mortgage house and liquidate this like that. This, this would be a long process even to liquidate. Difficult. In the story, though, he seems to liquidate it very quick. The father does something that's outrageous to the Pharisees. He complies. Under Mideastern law, both Arabic and Jewish, he could slap the boy with the insult and have him flogged and beat nearly to death, but don't grant him the wish. Don't grant an outrageous death wish. But the father complies. He liquidates the estate. By law, the older brother was to get two parts, so he got two-thirds. The younger son got one-third. It was liquidated, put into cash, so he can get it in a bag. He didn't give him a deed. He liquidated the land. He gets it in his bag. And he takes off, if I can just get away from the old man, I can have a good time. That's his only mission, get away from the old man. So, drop dead, give me my share, your share. What makes it your share? What if the dad says you're not going to have a share? See, all the share was in the father's heart. If the father doesn't want to give you anything, you don't have anything. But he had this, it's mine. It belongs to me, and uh, I want it. The epitome of hubris, disrespect, and a plunge dagger into the heart of a loving father. Well, he goes and he lives this profligate life in the far country. He squanders the wealth that no telling how long the family worked to accumulate it. He consumes it in wild living. He spent everything. A severe famine came in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be a, 
to a citizen of that country, of all things, happens to be a Gentile. Can you imagine the insult? A young Jewish boy wishes his dad dead, takes off, let's go to the red light district of the Gentiles and break everything I was taught up to bar mitzvah, party, do whatever, And now I'm working for Gentiles, raising unclean animals. So I've lost my father. I've left my brother. I've obviously left my religious moorings. I've left the village in which I'm disdained. I'm in exile. I'm hungry, and I'm broke. And I'm feeding pigs. And I'm hoping to just fill my stomach with the pods that pigs were eating. And this is quite interesting. In the far country, no one gives him anything. It was only in the father house that he got anything. The far country won't take care of you. The far country is the exiles in this world. That uh, hunger is in your soul. Uh, I, I listened to a gospel song that Helen Baylor sings and uh, she sings this song, and uh, she's giving her testimony. She said uh, how she started uh, living with a boyfriend when she was singing on the road uh, for all these different groups. And uh, she said, you see, when I live with this boyfriend, I can get all the drugs I wanted for free. And then she just hesitates. She said, how many of you know they weren't free? Sin is never free. It always will cost you. You'll pay more than you ever counted on. And this boy doesn't count on a famine. He doesn't count on the money running out. Can you imagine? He was the life of the party. He bought the drinks at every party. He, bought, he brought the drugs. He brought everything. When you're loaded, honey, when you've got money, uh, you can get women, you get drugs, and you can party every weekend. It's when the famine comes who will help you. Nobody in the far country offered anything. They had nothing to offer. The best on the menu was what the pigs were eating. It's a terrible thing to see pigs being the resting place for sons. It says, uh, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Now, he rehearses this. When he's in the far, he never gets to say this, but he's going to rehearse. It's gotten bad enough. Dad's looking good again. Does, does he think dad... Does he fall in love with his dad? No. He falls in love with food. And the only place he can get food. So he's not doing any big favors here. And he rehearses this little, you know, when you want to reconcile with somebody, you rehearse 15 times how you're going to say it. And I'll cover my bases and I'll say this and all that. He's rehearsing it down there. Hey, I've got a father. Hey, I'll think it through. Some think he was repented here. It doesn't say he repented. It said he came to his senses. He came to his soul, his nephesh. He, he got in touch with himself. Man, I'm starving down here, and I've got rich relatives. I've got my dad's hired hands eat better than anybody in this famine-plagued country. And so he works out his reconciliation story. And here he says, uh, hey, I'll, I'll go back. My dad's hired help. They're doing good. I'm starving to death. 
I'll set out. I'll go back to my father. This is what I want to say to him. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. And he had. That's good. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's good. He, he's not worthy. He's a wretched, wretched guy in the Middle East. He, he ought to be stoned. That's just the custom. And then he says, make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. What's really interesting about that phrase, they had different kinds of slaves. But this is not the ordinary word for slave. Matter of fact, it's not even the word for slave. It was uh, the word for craftsman. And what he is saying, I'm going to go back to my dad, and I'm going to make him a proposition. Dad, just give me a job. Give me a job like your hired men who normally lived on the edge of the estate or the village. I just want to live close by. I never expect to be treated like a son again. And let me earn wages. I'll pay my way. Some think that he might have dreamed or thought that I'll pay you back. Because Jewish repentance concept among the rabbis was, you make recompense. You, you don't just come back and say you're sorry. You, you've got to pay compensation. So it's not enough to say, Dad, I sinned. I'm sorry. Yes, and what else? And what do you plan to do? And his scheme was, I'll work, I'll work, I'll pay you back. I'll never be a liability another day of my life. And matter of fact, maybe I can pay you back everything I spent. Well, the proposal that he never did make this. He never did say this to the father. The father won't let him. He cuts him off. The proposal is like saying, I've spent a million, but I make 10 cents a day. What he spent had been inherited and had been in the family tree for years. He can't work enough hours. There's not enough years in him to ever pay back. But sometimes it is in all of us, we'll earn the Father's favor. If I can just work enough, maybe I can get the Father to accept me. But we'll find out what he says and how the Father responded. Notice what he said in verse 21. This is after the father runs out to him and throws his arms around him. Notice what he said. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Right? He's, he rehearsed that. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Right there. He gets no further. What, what, what's this working proposition? It just evaporated. You know why? The father's love crushed every merit system that you could ever earn your way back. You will get back because of the greatness of my heart, not because you can work, not because you can earn it. You can't get in the Father's heart by merit. You just can't. How does the Father respond to this outrageous prodigal? Watch. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. 
He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Men, you are invited to join us here at Valley Bible Church for our 2023 men's conference. It's called Walking to Win. Are you mission-minded for the Lord? It'll all be surrounding John 9, verse 4. It takes place Friday, March 17th, 6 to 9 p.m. Check-in begins at 5.30. And then Saturday, March the 18th, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., Breakfast begins at 8 a.m. Lunch is served 12 to 1. Now the cost per attendee for the both days, $50 for men 18 and older, 25 for youth 12 to 17. It includes dinner Friday, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday. Again, that is Friday, March 17th, and Saturday, March 18th for the Valley Bible Church 2023 Men's Conference, Walking to Win, Are you mission-minded for the Lord? Call for details or stop by our website, valleybible.org. Our phone number is 510-799-3171. 510-799-3171. Guest speaker for our conference this year is Pastor Tony Arns, founding pastor of Folsom Bible Church. Join us for this year's Men's Bible Conference, Walking to Win. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.